have a Bible, turn them to Proverbs 18, verse number 22. I want, to, want us to look at a key scripture today. Proverbs 18, verse number 22 says, He who finds, everybody shout finds. That's what we're talking about today, finding the right spouse. He who finds a wife finds what is good. Notice that what is good and receives favor from the Lord. So scripture says when you find a wife, you find what is good and receive favor from the Lord. And as I was studying that this week, I began to think if finding a wife or a spouse is a is something good and, and when, 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 when there is a marriage union, the Bible says that that marriage union receives favor from the Lord. If that's the case, why are so many marriages ending in divorce? As we look around our, our nation at, at this union, uh, this entity called marriage, the marriage union, and, and if it is, it, it, you know, really, as we look around, we don't always think it's really good. <laughs> as you look around and you see the marriage union, oftentimes as you look at different marriages, you don't look at it and say, boy, that marriage has favor from the Lord. And if that's what God intended the marriage union to be, it, it, it to be good and it to be favor from the Lord, why is that taking place in many marriages today. Obviously, something is wrong. Obviously, something is out of kilter. Obviously, something is out of whack. And and what I want us to do today is I want to talk to our singles. I want to talk to our parents, our our grandparents, as as you're helping that young adult to make decisions. And this message will be tune your ears and listen, uh, married couples, because I believe you're going to get principles and strength that's going to encourage your marriage. But singles, I want to talk to you about finding the right spouse. Because what I want for you, for your future marriage, is when you get married, I want your marriage to be what God intended it to be. And that is good and to have favor from the Lord. The first thing to to, to accomplish this, to, to find the right spouse, number one is this. You need to be the right spouse. You can follow along with me in your bulletin. Fill in the blanks there. You need to be the right spouse. If you're going to find the right spouse, first of all, you need to be the right spouse. Proverbs 13 and verse 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. This is a a powerful principle in Scripture. The principle is this. If you walk with the wise, you're going to grow wise. If you walk with fools, you're going to be a fool. (laughs) And the Bible says a companion of fools. You know what i A companion of fools. If you walk with a fool, you're going to suffer harm. How many of you have noticed this? Fools run in packs. I mean, I mean, they're always a companion of them. I mean, fools attract one another. I mean, that's just the case. Fools run together. You see some fools, that they, they run in packs. They run together. Fools attract fools. And you say, well, Pastor, what does it have to do with finding the right spouse? Here's a principle that you, you need to... Lodge into your minds. Listen, it, 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 it's not about what you, what you want. It's about who you are is who you're going to attract. So you don't get what you want. You get who you are. I want you to hear that. You don't get what you want. You get who you are. You attract who you are. I mean, listen, a companion of fools, they, they run together and they suffer hard because fools attract fools. And how many of you have ever heard somebody say this? I don't know why I'm attracting all these losers. Just maybe. I'm not pointing any fingers, 
but just maybe you're a, I'm not saying it. All I'm telling you, well, I want somebody like this. I want a man like this. I want a woman like this. Listen, you don't get what you want. You get who you are. I hear ladies say, well, you know, Pastor, I just want a man that just loves me for me and loves me for who I am on the inside. And I just want, I just want a man that will love me for me. And I don't know why I'm attracting all these men. I don't know why I got all these losers. I just want a man who will love me for who I am on the inside. Yeah, right. (laughs) Listen, you don't attract what you want. You attract who you are. You say, well, you guys, you're feeling pretty good now. That's right. Get the women, Pastor. Get the women. But but, hey, hey, brothers, do you really think you're going to find your wife, the right wife, in the club at the party? I mean, you really thought that? I mean, you thought, I'm going to go to the club, and I'll be in there doing the sprinkler. Come on, girl. You know, I'm daddy. Come on. I, you know, I, mean, I mean, he thought you was going to be in the club and find the right wife in there doing the lawnmower. I mean, the robot. I mean, I mean, come, come on, listen to me. I want to get right where you are. Listen. You really thought you were going to find the right spouse in the club throwing down. I mean, you really thought, listen, you don't attract what you want. You attract who you are. Fellas, you can be tough and hard and all cool and walking like George Jefferson. But what I'm telling you, when it comes to finding the right spouse, you don't attract what you want. You attract what you are and who you are. You see, the first thing you have to do is get your house in order. The first thing you have to do is get your life with Christ right. The first thing you have to do is get your values and priorities in order, in order because who you are is what you're going to attract. There's a a second principle that I want us to learn today, finding the right spouse. Number two is this. You need to marry someone who is being the right spouse. First of all, you need to be the right spouse. Second of all, you need to be trying to look for somebody who is being the right spouse right now. And you say, Pastor, what does that person look like? What should I be looking for? Well, what does the right spouse, who, what, the, what should they be, be being like? And let me give you some, some principles from God's Word. And this is not exhaustive. I don't have time to give you everything the Bible says about what you should be looking for and finding somebody who is being the right spouse. But I want to give you some, some major principles, some major guidelines on what you should be looking for in the person who is being the right spouse. Number one is this. You need to marry someone who loves Jesus. Who loves Jesus. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. What that's saying is that if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, you need to marry somebody who is also a believer, who is also a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're dating someone right now and they're not a believer, they're not a follower of Christ, listen, you don't have to pray about it. You don't have to fast about it. They're not the person for you. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Notice what Scripture says. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Baal? Or Christ and the enemy, the devil? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Listen, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, here's the first guideline. Here's the first driving principle. You must marry somebody. You must date people who are followers 
of Jesus Christ if you're going to find the right spouse. And don't play games with yourself. You know, so many singles want to play games with themselves. Well, you know, I know they don't know Jesus, but I'm going to bring them to church and pray they get saved. Don't, don't do that. I mean, don't play those kind, of, those kind of games. You're playing Russian roulette with your life and your, and your future. And I know what some of you ladies are thinking. Well, Pastor, I mean, he makes a lot of money. Listen, marry somebody who loves Jesus. I know what you're thinking, you guys. Well, Pastor, she is fine. I mean, the bomb fine. I mean, I, listen, marry somebody who loves Jesus. How many of you married couples would be honest right now? I don't want you to raise your hands, but just, just kind of nod at me. How many of you would agree right now that the spouse that you married, they don't look the same with, with their body as they did when you first married them? I mean, don't, don't raise your hands now. Just kind of wink at me. Just wink at me. I feel you. I feel love. I feel you. All I'm telling you, she's fine and she's got, oh, boom. Well, listen, that'll change. Marry somebody who loves Jesus. There, there, there's, a second, there's a second thing that, that we need to look at, somebody who's being the right spouse. Number two is this. You need to marry a person who is following Christ, not talking about Christ. There's a difference. They're following Christ, not talking about Christ. The Scripture says in Luke chapter 6, in verse number 43 and 44, no good tree bears fruit, bears bad fruit. You won't find a good tree that is bearing bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. You won't find a bad tree that's producing good fruit. If it's a bad tree, it's going to produce bad fruit. If it's a good tree, it's going to produce good fruit. Notice verse 44. Each tree, and the parable, the analogy is talking about human beings. Each tree, in other words, each human being is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. In other words, you don't go to an apple tree looking for oranges. You don't go to a watermelon patch looking for for grapes. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. Listen to me. If you're going to find the right spouse, you got to be a fruit inspector. It's not about what they say. It's about what they do. Come on everybody say, "Show me the fruit." That's right. Show me the fruit. I, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I want to see how you live. <clears throat> I don't want to hear how, how well you talk. I want to see how you live. Listen, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. I don't care if you say you're an apple tree, you're producing oranges. I don't care if you say you're a watermelon patch. Listen, you got grapes on your tree, and your life and your words don't line up. Wait, 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 you know. You know, I, I really love Jesus. You know I love Jesus. I I just smoke a little marijuana on the weekends for medical purposes. Right. Oh, I love Jesus. He's the Lord of my life, but I just sleep around a little bit. I just sleep around, but I love the Lord. You know, I, I love Jesus. He, he's my God, my Lord. Now, I don't go to church, but I love the Lord. I, 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 I know I live like the devil, but, but I love the Lord. Listen, each tree... Each tree is recognized by its fruit. And if it's producing bad fruit now, oh, just get married and see what happens. Because whatever you see right now is going to be 10, 15, 100 times worse when you're actually married to them. Each tree is recognized by its fruit. There's a, there's a, a, a third thing that I, 
that I want us to notice here as we're looking at trying to find somebody who is being the right spouse. Number three is this. You need to marry a person who is a giver, not a taker. A giver, not a taker. James chapter 3 and verse number 16 says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, and envy is something that's driven by, by selfish motives. Where you have envy, people who are self-centered, and selfish ambition, people who say, it's all about me. Wherever you have this kind of selfish mentality, there you find disorder and every evil practice. When you find somebody who's all about them, it's all about me, and they're a taker, 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 taker. Life's all about me. Make me happy. It's all about me. Listen, wherever you find selfish ambition, envy that's driven by selfish desires, you can count on this. There'll be disorder and every kind of evil practice. Listen, singles, mom, dads, grandma, grandpas, as you're helping that, that student, that, that, that young adult find a spouse, whatever you do, don't marry anybody who's selfish. Let me tell you the, the number one cause of marriages that were going north that are heading south. Let me tell you the number one root cause of it is selfishness. Behind that marriage problem is it's about me. It's about what I want. We better do it my way or it's the highway. And, and there's selfishness in that marriage. Matter of fact, in, in my, my marriage with my wife, we, we have a great marriage. The Lord has blessed us. But, but when we have problems... When there's conflict in our home, you know what the number one cause of it is? Selfishness. And you know who 99% of the time the problem is? My wife. No, it's me. It's me. It's me. I mean, it's me. It is. It's me. I hate to admit it. It's me. I'm selfish sometimes. And I think about me. And all I'm telling you, listen, when you're trying to find the right spouse, you want to marry a giver, not a taker. You say, Pastor, how do I know if this person's a giver? I mean, how do I know before I tithe or not? Let me give you a couple of ways you can identify the fruit if, if they're a giver or a taker. Number one is how do they treat their Heavenly Father? How do they treat God? Are they selfish with God? I mean, what makes you think if they're selfish with God, they're going to be any different with you? I mean, I would look. I, I did it with Tiffany. Are they serving in ministry? Are they involved in the local church and serving and giving their time to advance God's kingdom? I mean, if they're, if they're selfish with their time with God, how about you? I'd be looking. Are they a tither? Are they, are they given to, to, to support God's kingdom and to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are, are they selfish? And church is all about them. Well, it's all about me and what I want. I, I don't like the music. I don't like the preacher. I don't like the church. I don't like this. I don't like it. It's all about me. I want them to do it like this. And, I mean, are they all about them? Because I'm telling you, if they treat their Heavenly Father that way, what makes you think they're going to treat you any, any different? You want to know if you're going to marry a giver or a taker? Look at how they treat their family and friends. How do they treat their mama? How do they treat their daddy? How do they treat their siblings? How do they treat their friends? I mean, what makes you think if they're selfish with their friends and their family, it's all about me and we got to do it my way. And can you believe my mom and daddy don't do what I want? And I told them I want it like this and my friends don't do it. And if they treat their friends like that and their family like that, what makes you think it's going to be any different with you? All I want to tell you, singles, is listen. You want to marry somebody who's a giver or, and they're not a taker. Here's what I know. Understand this. Let this lodge into your mind right now. There are people who are single for a season, and there are people single for a reason. I'm preaching up in here. Yeah. They're single for a reason because they're selfish and they're mean-spirited and it's all about them. And you don't want to hook up with anybody like that. Run for the hills which cometh your help. Ha! I'm about to preach in here. Let me move on. Let, I get off track here real easy. 
the, the, the fourth thing, ladies, I, I'm talking to our ladies in the house today as you're looking for, for the right spouse, somebody who's being the right spouse. Number four is this, ladies, you need to marry a man who is a provider, a provider. Not, not saying, ladies, you, you, you don't work. That's not the issue. But you need to be looking for a man who is a provider. Listen, God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. Genesis chapter 2 and, and verse number 15 says, The Lord God took the man. And the reason he took the man in Genesis 2 is because he had not yet created the woman. He Genesis 2.15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. Everybody shout, work it. Come on, all my single ladies say, work it. Come on, you want to find a man who is working. Brother, get you a J-O-B. I've been paying for all of our dates. Get you a job. No, no money, no honey. You ain't marrying me. Oh, no, brother. You ain't getting. No, no, no. Get a job. Work it and take care of it. Ladies, listen to me. Listen to me. I want to help you today. I want, I want to help you. Don't fall for these lame lines. Some of these jokers give. Well, you, you, you know, baby, sweetie pie, I, I know I don't pay my bills right now, but, but when I marry you, it's going to be different. Don't, don't fall for that. No, you say work it. Let me see you work first. Work now. No, don't fall for some lame line. Oh, baby. Oh, darling. Oh, sweetie pie. I, I know I'm 45 and still live with my mama and don't have no job. But, but I, oh, girl, I love you. I love you. And I, I just trust me. I, I love you so much everything's going to work out. Let me just tell you something. If you didn't know this, let me tell you. Listen, love don't pay the bills. Oh, no. Oh, no. Call OG&E up every month and just try it. We love each other. Oh, yeah, they want their money. Listen, listen. Find somebody who's a provider, ladies, who will work it, who's got a J-O-B. All my ladies all say, uh-huh, yes. Listen, there are people single for a season, and some people single for a reason. And some folks are single because they won't work. There's a, a, a third thing. Well, all the fellas, they feel kind of tight right now. I, I feel you, fellas. I, I love you in this place today. Number three, there's a, a, a third thing I want us to look at today is we're looking at trying to find the right spouse. The Bible says, he who finds a wife, finds what is good and, and obtains favor from the Lord. Number three is this, don't rush and get ahead of God. Don't rush and get ahead of God. One of the things that singles struggle with is rushing ahead of God. You know what happens is so many people don't trust God in the area of their relationships, and they rush ahead of God and and they find themselves missing out on God's best because they rushed God's plan because they were impatient and they didn't trust in the Lord with all their hearts. Listen, there are three things I want to bring to your attention regarding don't rush ahead of God. Number one is this. Singles, go slow and get to know. Go slow and get to know. Why in the world would you rush the second most important decision that you're going to ever make in your life? Number one is to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Number two, the second most important decision you're going to make is who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Listen, when it comes to marriage, there is no 90-day money guarantee back. There is no, I mean, you don't get, there's no money guarantee back with, with, with marriage. There, there is no, when you get married, 
well, you know, the model, the car is kind of getting old. I think I'm going to trade it in. There's no, no, they're not trading it in. This is a lifelong commitment. I mean, look at the statistics. All I'll say is look at the stats. Over 50% of marriages in the United States of America, even in the church, are ending in divorce. Why would you rush this, this important decision? You know, I, I go shopping with my wife some, and my wife's a shopper, and I, I'm the kind of shopper, I go in and I'm on a mission. And most men are like me. We're on a mission. I know what I want. I don't even try stuff on. This is the size I wear. I just buy it. Matter of fact, this morning, the pair of pants I was going to wear, I, I, they, were, they, were, they were new. I hadn't, hadn't ever worn them, and I put them on. The first time I tried them on, they didn't even fit because I just don't take time to try stuff on. My wife's different. We go shopping, man. My wife can stay in one store for four and a half hours, stay on one rack for two hours. I mean, just looking and, 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 and putting stuff in the basket. And I'll come over and say, babe, are you ready to go? And she's got, I mean, 20 items. Well, she says, I got to try them all on. I'm thinking, oh, no, try them all on. And she tries them all on. And I'm serious. My wife will try on 20 things, and, we, and then she'll only buy one of them. I'm thinking, what in the world are you? You went to all that trouble to buy one thing. And hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I'm going somewhere with this. You know what? Most, most single people, they spend more time shopping for a pair of jeans than they do shopping for the right spouse. And I'm telling you, when it comes to this thing called marriage, go slow and get to know. The scripture says in Proverbs 18 and verse number 15, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. If you're a discerning person, you're acquiring knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. You want to seek it out. I mean, have you had the conversation? You're talking about getting married. Have you talked about how you're going to raise the kids? What are going to be the values? How are you going to discipline the kids? How are you going to handle money? Who's going to pay the bills? How much are we going to spend? How much are we going to have for entertainment? Have you sat down and talked about the raw reality? Have you sat down and talked about the sex life? Have you sat down and talked about the raw reality? Most people don't. Listen, if you're a wise person, you will seek it out. You will find out. You'll spend time. You'll go slow and get to know. Proverbs 23 and verse 23 says, Get the facts at any price and hold on tightly to all the good sense you can get. Listen, singles, get the, get the facts at any price within biblical ramifications, biblical guidelines. But get the facts and don't you dare be driven by your emotions and throw your brain out the window. Hold on to all the good sense you, that you have and that you can get. Listen. And if the tree is bad, it's a bad tree. Don't, don't talk yourself into something because you're emotionally driven and been driven by your emotions. Go slow and get to know, is this really the right person for me? There's a, a second thing that I want us to see here as people rush and get ahead of God. Number two is this. Don't rush ahead of God by moving in together. By moving in together. Mark chapter 10 and verse 6 says, But at the beginning of creation, God made the man and female. For this reason, a, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Notice the Bible does not say a, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his girlfriend. Notice the Bible does not say he'll be united to his lover. Notice the Bible does not say he'll be united to his Fiance, The Bible says he'll leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. In, in a church our, our size, and last night I had just great services. had 833 people here on Saturday night worshiping with us. And God has just continuing to grow this church. And 
And I realize there's some of you that, that are living together. And, and, you know, some of you in this place, you're not a follower of Christ. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really not talking to you right now. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad that you feel comfortable to come here. We want you here. We, we designed this church for you. And you say, I don't even know if I really believe what you're talking about. And, and that's cool. We want you here. We want you to investigate this thing called a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe that you're going to come to a day, and I hope it's today, but through this process of this journey of following, chasing after Jesus that you're going to find and give your heart to Christ. But, but I'm talking to our Christians here. I'm talking to believers here, followers of Jesus Christ. You, you're in a relationship and you're living together. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. God says, he who finds a wife, not a girlfriend, not a lover, not a fiance, he who finds a, a wife finds what is good and obtains favor from the Lord. And you say, Pastor, why are so many marriages not good and they don't have favor from the Lord? Because people want to do things their way. And we do. We want to take matters into our own hands in so many areas of our life. And people do it with their relationships. Well, God, I know a little bit better than you. And we're going to live together. It just makes sense. You know, I'm just going to live. I want to find out. And, and we're going to... And listen, listen, listen. What happens? What happens? If you do things your way, you, you're simply forfeiting God's best and his blessings. Listen, God says, I've got a plan on how this thing should operate and how it should work. And if you go against the owner's manual for your life and how to do relationships, you're going to suffer some consequences. You're going to suffer some consequences. And I know what some of you are thinking. I, I, I hear the pushback. I hear, well, Pastor, you don't understand. It just makes financial good sense. I mean, we, 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 we can pay the bills together. and I mean, we can live together. And I just, I'm, in a, I'm in a financial crunch, and it just makes a lot more sense for us to live together so we can pay the bills. I mean, it's just financially a smart decision. Well, you know what that's like saying? You know what? Things are not going well at work. I want to make more money, and so, so I can make more money. I'm going to sleep with my boss so I can make more money. That's stupid. Why in the world would you, would you lower yourself to that? I mean, listen, I'm talking to our Christians. I'm talking to the followers of Jesus Christ. When did you and I start being driven by, by, by the financially smart decision versus being driven by God's word? When did we start making decisions based on, well, I, I think it could be more financially smart to live together? No, no. If you want God's best, then I want you to have God's best. If you want God's blessing, listen, if you're living together, get married. Tie the knot. Get to the courthouse tomorrow. Cost you about $100 to get married. Tie, seriously, tie the knot. Listen, if you know you're not going to get married, and, you know, you, listen, break up, move out, stay together and move out and say, listen, we're going to honor God. We're going to do things God's way. There's a, a third thing that, that, that many Christ followers do and they rush and get ahead of God. Number three is this. Listen, don't rush ahead of God by having sex before marriage. Having sex before marriage. The, the, the scripture says this in Ephesians 5 and verse number three, but among you... There must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. I used to preach to teenagers a lot before we started this church, and the question teenagers used to ask me is, is Herbert, how far is too far? I mean, how far can I push the envelope with, 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 with some girl or guy? Well, the Bible says there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Listen, if you're God's per person, if you're a follower of Christ, if you say Jesus is my Lord, this is improper for God's holy people. Hebrews 13 verse number 4 says marriage should be honored by all. It should be honored by single people. It should be honored by married people. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. God will judge the adulterer. That's the person who is engaging in, they're married and they're engaging in sexual activity out Outside that marriage union. He says, God, and God says, I'm going to judge all of the sexual immoral. Those who are engaging in sex, they're not married, and they're engaging in sexual activity outside the marriage covenant. And singles, hear my heart. This is not a bashing message. Here's what I want you to know. I want you to hear my heart today. 
Listen, God's not keeping sex from you. He's keeping sex for you. Sex is a wonderful gift. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, I'm going to say it again. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, I thank God. I mean, it is. But it's meant for a man and a woman who are in holy matrimony, who have a marriage covenant together. You know what happens to people who, who, who get ahead of God and they do things their way? In any arena of our life, when we get ahead of God and we want to do things our way instead of God's way, all we cause is pain for ourselves. I mean, you get ahead of God in this thing, and I mean, they're STDs, unwanted pregnancy. You see, when you engage in sexual activity, there's that emotional connection. There's hurt, and there's pain, there's trauma as it breaks up, and it didn't work out, and you go try to do it somewhere. I mean, you just cause yourself a lot of grief. You know what happens? Listen, listen to me. Listen, gentlemen, ladies, listen to me today. You know what happens? Is whenever your hormones are out of control, your thinking's out of control. People don't think right. They, they can't make the proper decision on this if this is the right person because they've been driven by their hormones. I mean, you've seen it, I've seen it. Well, you, you know, Pastor, you know, I know he beats me, but I love him. No, 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 no. You got some emotional connection. You're doing things you shouldn't do, and you've been driven by your hormones. Well, Pastor, I know she didn't go to church. I know she didn't love the Lord, but, but oh, I just love her so much. No, you, you, what happens is, is you're disobeying God, and, and your hormones are out of control. And when your hormones are out of control, your, your thinking is out of control, and you don't make good decisions for your life when you put yourself in that position. And all God says, listen, listen, if you'll do it my way, I'll bless you. I'll, I'll honor you. And I realize today, even in this crowd, some of you are engaging in sex outside of the marriage union. And I want to encourage you to do something. Just stop it. Stop it and receive God's forgiveness. And I want to be honest with you today. When I got ready to marry my wife, Tiffany, my wife was a virgin. She kept herself to marriage. But I blew it. When I was in high school, I engaged in sex outside of marriage and I'm not proud of it. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm ashamed of it. And one of the conversations that, that I'm dreading one day is I'm raising my kids in a, in a God-fearing home, in, in a biblical home, by, by biblical principles. I really dread the conversation one day when I'm teaching my kids about the birds and the bees and the, and the flowers and the trees and be absent and keep yourself with your spouse. And they ask, well, Daddy, did, did you do it? I, I dread that conversation. I, 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 don't, I don't look forward that in that area of my life I didn't lead by example for, for my children. So I, I've blown it. I've I made a mistake. And, but, but here's what I want you to know today, because some of you are right where I am. That's why I'm opening my life up to you and saying, man, I blew it. I, I messed up. I, I didn't honor the Lord in that way. I, I knew better, but, but I made choices I shouldn't have made. But here's what I want you to know. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Here's what I want you to know if you've blown it. First of all, let me say to those who are virgins in this place, keep yourself. Listen to your pastor. There are mental images that I can't wipe off my mind because of the mistakes I've made. And I so wish I could. I wish I could turn the clock back, you know, 15, 20 years. I wish, I wish that I could. But I can't. And I got memories etched in my mind that are burned there that I can't ever remove because of the mistakes that I made. And all I'm telling you, if you're a virgin, keep yourself. Honor God. 
And if you messed up like, like I messed up, you're living together, you've blown it, you had sex outside of marriage, listen, stop it. Listen, I stopped it, and, and God forgave me. Because the Bible says if you confess your sins, God, God, God is faithful and just to forgive you. But notice this, to cleanse you, to purify you. This means don't, don't play the game with God and say, oh, God, I confess even though I'm premeditating, I'm going to do it again. Oh, I confess, forgive me. Thank you, Lord, forgive me. No, no, no. That, the Bible says he'll cleanse you. It's a heart change. It's a repentance. It's, it's turning and saying, God, do a work in my heart. And I've got good news for you because, because I did turn and, and, and I surrendered my heart to Christ and said, God, I'm going to do it your way. And I'm being honest with you. Tiffany and I had some moments. We're hot and heavy. And thank God we made the right decision. We, we made the right decision. And can I tell you today that because I, I just simply honored God. Today my, my marriage is good. That's what God intended it to be. And, and it's favored by the Lord. And, and I desperately want that for you. But you can't play games with God and receive his best. He who finds a wife and they do it God's way finds what is good and receives favor, blessings from the Lord. Today, some of you have some tough decisions to make, but it's well worth it because God will honor you. You may cry. It may hurt. It may be painful. But God will bless you for it. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for your presence.